Rob Port here on WDAY. What are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about what the hell happened last night. Yeah, a lot happened last night. And we're going to talk about it. No guests or anything today. It's going to be open phones the whole program. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email me, talk at WDAY.com. Hey, you can tweet me, too, at Rob Port. Um, we, um, Donald Trump won last night. I didn't think he was going to win. I've been saying on this program, I've been saying on SayAnythingBlog.com that I, I thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. Trump Trump won. Shocked me. I, I didn't think he'd win the Republican nomination. I didn't think he'd win the national election. He won. Uh, and not only did he win, Republicans held on to the House. They held on to the Senate. Republicans have a supermajority in Washington, D.C. Here in North Dakota, Republicans have not only held on to every statewide seat, but not a single Democrat on the state, uh, statewide ballot from Hillary Clinton down. Not a single one of them got more than 30%. Closest was uh, Treasurer candidate, State Senator Tim Mather, got 29%. In the legislature, unbelievably, in the legislature, Democrats lost 10 seats. Now, they were already in... I guess what you know, they complain all the time about a Republican supermajority in the legislature. Well, they were in the supermajority in the legislature. I'm just pulling up my notes here. They had, going into election night, just 23 seats out of 94 in the state house and just 15 out of 47 in the state senate. After last night, they are down to 13 seats in the state house and they are down to nine seats in the state senate absolutely obliterated. I mean, I, I don't know what you call that other than a bloodbath for Democrats. Just, that's a shellacking. And I can tell you, because I talk with a lot of Republicans in this state, I, I, I and a lot of political insiders really on both sides of the aisle, and I can tell you, nobody saw that coming. I, I think at best, you know, no, every, everybody knew that, that the statewide races weren't going to be anything to write home about. I don't think anybody predicted any Republicans losing on the statewide races. Um, I think I think people did think maybe Democrats could pick up a seat or two in the legislature, but not only did they not pick up. Now, to be fair, um, Democrats did pick up a House and Senate seat in District 44. Uh, they focused an intense amount of resources there. They actually had President Barack Obama cut ads against the incumbents, the Republican incumbents in District 44. State Senator Tim Flacco lost. Uh, State Representative Blair Thorson lost. Um and that's too bad. I, I liked both of those guys. Sorry to see them go, but they lost. Democrats did pick up those two seats. But overall, they lost big time. Um, there are no really silver linings for, for Democrats in North Dakota out of this election. And I, I think really that outcome, um, again, I don't think anybody expected Democrats to like flip the state house or the Senate or even to win a statewide race this cycle in North Dakota. But I don't think anybody predicted really that they were going to do that just fantastically poorly. And and I think that margin between maybe what we expected them to do, maybe sort of hold the status quo, maybe trade some legislative seats with Republicans, the difference between that, which is not good, but it's not awful either, the difference between that and the actual awful outcomes that, that they that they saw, I think is all Donald Trump. I that's I, I think that's that's the Trump effect. And so I actually wrote a column today 
Uh, you can read it. I've got it linked at sayanythingblog.com. It's on my social media if you want to check it out. But in my column today, I, I try to explain why why Trump won. You know, what, why did Trump and, and Republicans win both nationally and in North Dakota? And, and I think a big reason why, and, and listen, I understand whenever you're trying to articulate the reasoning or, or the, 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 the why behind any complex social or political change, there, there's never just more than one answer. Um, so with Trump, there's a lot of answers. I think he did tap into some economic anxieties for certain groups of people, particularly related to trade policy. Uh, I think Hillary Clinton was an awful candidate. There's no getting around that. Uh, she really is a crook. Um, she, she's terrible. Um, but a big reason why Trump won, I would even go so far as to argue the biggest reason I believe that he won, is that Democrats don't seem interested in talking to people who disagree with them anymore. And and I, I realize it's a polarizing thing. Um, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Certainly there's plenty of people on the right who are are dogmatic and, and unwilling to, to cross the aisle. But but here's here's how it is, and and I and maybe I I could provide some perspective as somebody who is outside of the left. I, I could tell you as as somebody who makes his living as an opinion journalist who interacts with the public daily on on all manner of controversial political subjects, I could tell you that not a single day goes by where I am not called a racist. Not a single day. Happens every day. As a matter of fact, when I posted a link to my, my newspaper column on Twitter today, the first reaction from about a dozen people was to call me a racist. Unironically, just that was just their reaction. And I, I, think, I think that follows down the line here in America. If, if you're worried about Islamic terrorism, you're called an Islamophobe. If you're worried about illegal immigration and you think maybe it's a mess down on the southern border, uh, you're accused of, of being a xenophobe. Uh, if you're worried about refugee resettlement, you're a racist. Um, if you're you know, worried about, uh, I don't know, whether or not being homosexual gives you the right to conscript the services of an unwilling wedding photographer, you know, you're, you're some sort of a troglodyte. Um, it's, it's really, to, to me, unfortunate. And I, 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 think, I think that there are a lot of people who just were fed up with that from Democrats. I mean, we're, we're, we're fed up of, of every debate Every political debate, every policy debate, every social debate we have being steered back by the left into these narratives about gender and about race and everything else. I think people are just tired of it. Right. And, and I, I say not just steered back in those directions, but steered back in those directions on the premise that whoever is is disagreeing with the leftist position, whoever is sort of departing from this this sort of left wing um orthodoxy must be racist or must be a misogynist or must be whatever that's the problem i think americans are are in in the during the campaign i think it was encapsulated by hillary clinton's deplorables comment and there's a lot of i i didn't vote for trump i'll, I'll tell you that right now i i couldn't bring myself to do it i'm still not convinced that he's going to be a good president but from a certain perspective, I can understand why millions of Americans did vote for Trump. 
And it has a lot to do with the way the left talks about America and Americans. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Hillary Clinton was talking about deplorables outside of, 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 of that left-of-center orthodoxy. And uh, Donald Trump was talking about make America great again, and Trump won. Hillary won the popular vote, though. I mean, that, that, but they're still counting. I guess we'll see how all that comes out. But Trump won. Trump's the president. I think that's all a big reason why. What do you think? 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email me, talk at WDAY.com. Caller, Ryan, go ahead. Hello, Rob. A uh, couple quick things. First off, District 44, I, the very first attack ad that, that Flacco came out with, I, uh, I immediately confided with him, called him, said, you know, Tim, don't do this. I mean, I think that, you know, that's not going to win you over. And, you know, he loses by really, I mean, what, you know, he loses by 2%. So he swings a percent and a half the other way, he wins the election. I, I think that that's the reason he lost. He ran such a negative campaign up here. Uh, I live in the district, and, and I think that's why. And it's unfortunate. But uh, second thing is, I think the reason why, the, the reason I'm thinking that the statewide Democrats can't win is their national party does not believe in states' rights. And North Dakota, dang it, we're conservative. We believe in states' rights. That's our mantra. And until, you know, the Democrat Party here, uh, you know, re- retools itself into, you know, standing up for some of the states' rights, they're not going to go anywhere. That's just my yeah. general thought. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem is, is so much. Thanks for the call. The problem is so much of the left's national-based, you know, policy platform is tied up in policies that would be really devastating for how people and a lot of people, most people perhaps in North Dakota make their living. Which is, you know, agriculture, which is industry of some sort. Um, you know, some some aspects of North Dakota's economy are changing, but those are very powerful aspects. And even the people who don't work in agriculture still, or don't work in energy still, are probably related in North Dakota who to people who work in those industries. It's very, very powerful here. And Democrats are, are just they're going to have a tough time getting around that. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Kevin, go ahead. Yeah, Rob, I agree with you 100%. I, I for one, have discussed something that I'm a racist. And I think it uh, come back and haunted them. It hit them for it. You know, I think everybody's tired of that. How do you ever going to cure everything? Even today when you listen to talk radio, it's all the racist white Americans did it. So how do you progress at all when they yeah. got that point of view? That's about all I got to say. Yeah, thanks for the call, Kevin. I, I mean, it's it's tough. How do we how do we talk with one another when one side of the argument begins the discussion with the assumption that you're a bigot, that you're a bigot because you don't agree with them? Now, I'm not saying all liberals feel that way, but a lot of them do. And I think until that changes, we're going to have a tough time talking with one another as as a country. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand. 888-970-9329. What do you think of the election results last night? I want to hear from you. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Seems like you said to be the only one to lose. Welcome back. 
back. Rob Report, WDAY, 701-293-9000, Emailer says, Rob, could you get the list of Holly Weird Elite wanting to leave the country? I have trucks, trucks ready to go assist them. You know, I, I, th- I think that ties in with what I was talking about um, in, in terms of why do the Democrats, you know, their, their quote-unquote blue wall, some of these states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Ohio, why did some of these states flip to Republicans? And I, I think that's, I, I think a part of that is the way the left talks about America sometimes, up to and including Hollywood celebrities vowing to leave the country if they don't get their way on 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 an election outcome, right? I mean, I I have never felt that way. I remember I remember back in two thousand eight and in two thousand twelve when President Obama was winning national elections, and those were some pretty dark days for me as a conservative. I'm not sure, frankly, that, that Donald Trump being elected is all that bright of a day for me as a conservative. I guess that remains to be seen. But in terms of in, in terms of, you know, am I going to leave the country? No, I'm not. I'm not going to leave my country. I'm not going to leave America. I'm an American. The election outcome was what it was. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not entirely certain how I feel about the outcome. Um, you know, I, I, I hope Donald Trump is a better president than he was a candidate. Um, I'm going to try to be optimistic. We'll see how it goes. But I'm not going to leave my country because an election doesn't go my way. And I, I, I think when people hear celebrities coming from the left who are out there saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to leave the country, you know, Donald Trump's terrible and horrible, I don't think that they realize there comes a point at which people are just going to start to tune that out. I, I, I think that's why Trump was able to get away with with a lot of his stuff, a lot of his comments that were just completely, you know, completely indefensible. A, a, a lot of a, a, a lot of people just, I I I I think we're willing to look past that because the left cries wolf about this stuff all the time. As a, as somebody who is who is not a liberal and not in the left. When you hear this group of people cry racism all the time, cry misogyny all the time, xenophobia, Islamic, when you hear this stuff constantly, there comes a point where you just don't take them seriously anymore. There comes a point where, you know, if, if, if the media is calling everybody outside of a very narrow uh, corridor of political orthodoxy, is is racist or whatever you're going to stop caring what they think so why couldn't the media stop trump well a part of it was because trump was a train wreck and they all were you know it was great for ratings so they gave him a lot of coverage but then at the end they couldn't stop him because people are just used to people at the new york times or cnn or whatever thinking that people outside with with the wrong sort of politics in their eyes are racists we have we have the left has spent so much time being outraged at everything that that is not like them that people just don't take their outrage seriously anymore. Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Let's see. Joe emails. I, I think a significant number of people who voted for Clinton held their noses 
while voting voting for her, then proceeded to vote down ticket Republican in order to hold her in check. Add in a significant Gary Johnson and Jill sign effect, and this is what we got. I also want to know how many unhappy people couldn't vote for any president at all, leaving it blank. That gets back to my idea about the uh, none of the above vote. See, we could quantify that. If we had a none of the above option, doesn't have to do anything. But if you didn't want to vote for the presidency, you could just check none of the above. We could tally that count. And we could know exactly how many people didn't want to didn't want to support the president. Uh, let's see. Another email. Why are there protesting, go, protesting going on around the country? I think the millennials aren't used to losing and are like a bunch of little kids having a tantrum. This may be the first time. Uh, for some of the millennials, didn't get their way, and mom and dad can't fix it for them. That, that's a little unfair, Dan, just in that it's, um, listen, losing an election is is tough. You know, people get passionate about politics. They get passionate about their candidate. I've been on the losing side of elections when, when issues or candidates that I believe passionately in uh, failed, uh, and it's tough, and, you know, I don't. I don't begrudge people who supported Hillary Clinton their their hard feelings today. Uh, it's tough. Um, if if you, now if you're saying you're going to leave the country, I'm going to judge you for that because I think that's ridiculous and I think that's childish. But if you got some hard feelings today about it, hey, I get it. Losing an election's tough. Um, well, and let's remember that it's not just millennials that were supporting Hillary right. Clinton. Exactly. There were people of all ages supporting Hillary Clinton, and you know. If he wants to take a stab at my generation, then we we couldn't we can't win in this situation. My generation can't win in this situation because either we're upset about the results of the election today because we were passionate about this election, we cared about politics, and we got out and voted and did our best, and it wasn't good enough. We didn't we didn't make it, and so now we're having a tantrum, or. We were completely dispassionate about politics. We don't care, and then we're awful for that. Yeah, uh, it, it, this uh, you know, people talking about millennials as though they're a, a monolithic group of people politically or what have you is is a little silly. Um, especially because you know, millennials are, are not monolithic. Here in North Dakota, a lot of young voters are pretty conservative. Uh, there were oh, a lot. Of, there were a lot of young Republicans elected to the North Dakota legislature last night. Who are very conservative there are some democrats who lost elections in districts that have a very young vote campus districts i'm thinking of district 42 up at grand forks where senate minority leader max schneider democratic party chairwoman kylie overson both lost re-election that is a young vote that voted for some republicans in that district so you know I, I don't know. People like to bash on millennials, but that's, you know, that's how it is. They bashed on my generation. Every older generation likes to bash on younger generations. It's not particularly informative or illuminating. Um, but let's keep talking about this election. I want to hear your thoughts. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. It's a toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Report. Talking about the election. If you've got views, we want to hear them. 701-293-9000. 888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. 
You know, last segment we were talking about the millennial vote, and Natil, you were you were taking uh, uh, objection to you, lodging an objection to something an emailer said about millennials and, and sort of talking about them as a monolithic entity. You know, and I pointed out that. Not all millennials vote the same way. Larry emails. He says, what about Fargo District 44 where Democrats, students, defeated two Republicans? And, Larry, I I think that proves my point. Up at District 42, which is another district with a lot of students in it, Republicans won. District 44, um, to the extent that I guess students were were impacted there, and I I don't know if that was the difference of the election, uh, Democrats won. The, the point is, is that younger, we, I think we need to stop thinking about people based on what they are in terms of their age or their race or their gender uh, and who they are. I mean, Donald Trump, you know, given some of his comments about Hispanics, given some of his comments about women, uh, got more Hispanic votes so far. Now, votes are still being counted, but got more Hispanic votes so far than Mitt Romney did. I don't think anybody expected that. He also won certain demographics of women. I don't think anybody expected that either. I, I, I think among among uh, non-college educated women, uh, Donald Trump really beat, I, I think, beat Hillary Clinton by like a two-to-one margin, despite his comments about women. So, you know, maybe we need to stop thinking about people as groups and start thinking about them as, as individuals. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Let's get some callers in here. Aaron, go ahead. Hey, Rob. Um, hopefully you can help me understand this. I was listening to the Sandy, Sandy show, and she had Jim Shaw on. And she, Jim said that not all Republicans are racist, but most racists voted for Republicans, uh, voted for Trump. Uh, I don't understand. You can't, yeah. can't, can't racism, can't, can a black person be racist? Well, I, mean, I, I think anybody who makes judgments about somebody else based on their, their skin color, who does things like that, sure. is a racist. Well, no matter that can no be matter. racist also. Of course, of course there are. Um, well, they were, they were general. Well, I understood them to be generalizing Republicans. I think, I, 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 I think what you may be identifying, and I didn't, I, didn't hear the, I didn't hear the conversation, but if, if you're quoting what Mr. Shaw said accurately, I think that is a unfortunate manifestation of, of some of what I'm talking about. Thanks for the call, Aaron. I think I think it is sort of a fairy tale that liberals like to tell themselves to justify the fact that they're right. You know, if 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 the opposition, if the people who disagree with you on a given policy area or what have you, if they're racist, if they're motivated by bigotry, right? If you can attack their motivations like that that you don't have to address the substance of their arguments. And I think the left has been doing it for so long, it's almost like a it's almost like a reflex at this point. I don't even know that they realize they're doing it anymore, but they continue to do it, and I don't think it's helping them. I, I think they're losing ground because of that. And I say that as somebody who is, is deeply suspicious of President-elect Trump, who is not a supporter of his campaign, who did not vote for him yesterday, all I'm saying is that I understand why some people did vote for him, and I think that this is one of the reasons why. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Got another caller. Ben, go ahead. Yeah, I was just calling. I'm a liberal myself. Uh, I looked at this election. I didn't vote for either Hillary or Trump. All right. Um, but I could. I, I see your point of view. Um, I look at it, and I've seen the Democratic Party kind of split. Um, the ones that are a little bit farther left... Um, they they want to change. So the, a lot of my friends voted for Trump. 
Um, yeah, that's what happens with the two-party system. That's the way I feel. Yeah, you know, I I I think what happened is I, Trump tapped into something, and and really, you know, I, I think crossed boundaries. I, I think one thing to keep in mind, and I think it's going to be very interesting as we see President Trump. Um, become president and begin to try to advance a policy agenda alongside Congress. And he begins to reach out to the Democratic side of the aisle to try to get some of their support on some of these policies. One of the things he's going to point out is I think when all the votes are counted, Donald Trump will have won in a lot of, of areas that, that are normally held by, by Democrats in the past or that have elected Democrats in the past or maybe even elected Democrats this cycle, I mean, right here in North Dakota, District 42 and District 18, uh, two Democratic districts, District 18 in particular, a very left-wing district, not only went Republican, although District 18 held on to one Democrat, uh, Cory Mock, um, but voted for Trump. Now, those are Democratic districts here in North Dakota that voted for Trump. It's And, and by the way, one of them also elected a Democratic lawmaker. Trump has across the aisle appeal and i think he's tapping something tapping into something that i think transcends a lot of traditional party definitions transcends a lot of traditional party lines he has tapped into it he has people paying attention to him on on those lines uh and obviously uh, he won because of it thanks for the call ben i want to keep going here uh let's let's take cameron next go ahead hi rob yeah to me uh looking at it and I think your uh, analogy about racism, that got so old that, yes, because uh, people could disagree with President Obama. It's not because he was black. It's because he disagreed with his policies. And Democrats had a terrible time separating the two. But Mr. Trump's appeal as a farmer and a business person uh, is some of the re- insane regulations that yeah. have been brought may be slowed or halted. Uh, the top-down approach that somebody in Washington, D.C. knows how to best uh, treat my land or treat my environment that I live in, my children live in, my grandchildren live in, is, is somewhat asinine. And the one-down-top approach has been proven, uh, if you look at past history, at least in the last 20 years, to be a very ineffective governing tool. Yeah. I, I, I think that's one of Mr. Trump's probably most uh, stunning points of appeal yeah. in that we may have some restraint in that. And it's just like in the North Dakota pipeline protest where you had an administration issue a permit, got the go-ahead, and all of a sudden revokes the permit you know, after all the money has been invested. It's, it's interesting you bring that up, and, and thanks for the call, Cameron. I want to keep moving here, but you bring up a really good point. If, if, President, if President Obama uh, advances the sort of agenda that you're talking about, he'll have my support. I think that's very much needed. As a matter of fact, before the election, that was one of the arguments I made, is national elections shouldn't matter too much because the national government's doing too much. We need to decentralize it and push a lot of that authority back to the states. And by the way, talking about the pipeline, um, stock for Energy Transfer Partners, the the, the company that uh, is behind the Dakota Access Pipeline, spiked after Donald. It spiked today after Donald Trump uh, won the election. So, uh, you know, you, you got to think that's going to take some of the wind out of the sails of the people protesting that pipeline. President Obama can only blockade it for so long. 
Uh, I think eventually we're, Trump's going to be in office, and Trump can issue that permit. Um, and I, 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 th- I think a lot of people are, are tired. I think that was a, one thing people are definitely tired of, of was, was the Obama, especially in this part of the country, the Obama administration blocking the Keystone Pipeline, blocking the Dakota Access Pipeline, and although they didn't do it directly, inspiring the blockade of the Sandpiper Pipeline, all critical infrastructure for an industry that is hugely important for this part of the country. All right, let's keep moving. Dan, you're next. What's up? Hey, I just uh, had a question or a comment in, in regard to the hypocrisy of it all. Uh, my, my question is, is why is it okay for the national media and the national polling places to have uh, a division of the white vote as educated and uneducated, but we would never see the division of a black or a Hispanic or a minority into an educated or an uneducated voter. I I don't I've I've seen those breakdowns before for for minorities. I, and I, I don't I don't I've I never don't, seen I, it has it hasn't come yeah. across one station in the last forty eight huh. hours any of those any of that any of that data. I've I've heard I've heard about it. I, I guess you're right. I guess I haven't heard about it this election. I don't know. Maybe those demographics didn't do anything interesting this cycle. I have heard it in the past. I don't find anything particularly. Um, offensive about that. Uh, the only thing about oh, it, I, I, I do. I, I, I hear here's what's offensive about it, and this is what costs the Democratic Party this nomination, in my opinion, is okay. that when you tell someone that you're supporting Donald Trump and you're uneducated because you're doing it or your schooling is not to what it is in the Ivy Leagues or the East or the West Coast, all of a sudden that voter is going to go silent and he's not going to he's not going to participate in the polls. And I think it showed yeah. up. I think it. I think it pushed that that support uh underground and i think that it, it's just it's it's hypocritical that that it happened and it continues to happen even today we're, we're we're still talking about this uneducated vote that went to donald trump you know, we, yeah Th- thanks for the call dan uh we're gonna have to uh, go to a break i'm gonna get to mike and josh after the uh after the break well the one thing i don't like when they start breaking it down is this assumption that if you didn't go to college you're somehow dumb. I know a lot of very successful, very smart people whose path to prosperity just didn't happen to lay through college. Uh, I like to think of myself as pretty successful. I didn't go to college. I went to the school of hard knocks. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. We got a couple callers and just a couple minutes left. Let's uh, get to Mike first. Mike, go ahead. You're on with Rob Port. What's up? Yeah, Rabbi. Uh, just got a couple of comments, really. Um, you sure. know, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party should be stepping back, both of them. I mean, who, you know, if Donald Trump could run the Republican Party and make it to the nominee and become president, they should all look in their own closets. And the Democrat stuff that they had a walk in the park. And they didn't. I mean, the American people are spoken. They're tired of both parties. There's so much corruption in Washington. That's that's what people are tired of. It doesn't have anything to do, I don't think, with being Republican or Democrat. I, I, I disagree in the, only in so far as to win a national election, you you got to have a party organization. And you heard, I mean, Donald Trump at, uh, at like 2 in the morning last night when I was watching him, one of the big gestures he made from that stage during his acceptance speech is he invited RNC chief uh, Reince Priebus 
up to the up to the podium and put his arm around him. Why? Because the Republican Party helped Donald Trump win. Now, I, I don't disagree that there's a lot of problems with the establishment and everything else. And, and there's we probably have a political realignment coming. But you still got to have the political party infrastructure to win a national election. Uh, Josh, you're up. Uh, kind of two-part comment. Uh, your first call, or caller or a little bit ago that was uh, talking about the educated, uneducated vote, why they don't break that down for, my, for minorities. Yeah. As you said, you've seen them do that, and I've seen them not do that. But when they didn't do it, there was an asterisk saying, breaking this down into educated, uneducated black voters results in the same results. So instead of filling it with six of the same graphs, they just kind of put a little asterisk there. Problem is the guys right and look for that fine print or relying on someone else to tell you that information. You're not actually, you know, sure. getting it right yourself. Real, real quick, so, second point, Josh. The second point um, was you mentioned the uh, whether you're educated, uneducated, implies that you're dumb or not dumb. That's kind of hypocritical, or I shouldn't say hypocritical, uh, wrong, because if you have an education, that's implying that you went to college. That's not saying you're dumb or smart. If you didn't go to college, do you have a college education? No. So you're technically uneducated. That's no different yeah. than when liberals say all Republicans are racist or Republicans say all liberals want to give everything, everyone everything free. You're Fair enough, Josh. Together. I got I to gotta, I gotta get going. There is, a, there is an old state, uh, saying, though. It's something along the lines of uh, don't confuse an education with intelligence. I think that's how it went. Hey, remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday for 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Jay Thomas Show coming up next. He says he's got bus tickets for all those celebrities who said they were going to leave the country. Stay tuned for that. I'm Rob Port. Thanks for listening. Everything's waiting.